Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 26. 26 episodes now of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. And joined with me, as always, my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. How are you, Chance? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Yeah, doing pretty good, buddy. Uh, here we are, Tuesday afternoon. Um, a couple of days removed from Hell in the Cell, a day removed from Raw. So I thought maybe we just kind of quickly go over Hell in the Cell quickly. I'm sure a lot of people already know everything that kind of happened. Uh, but it'd be just kind of nice to kind of, you know, quickly just go through it quickly. What do you think? They may know what happened, but they don't know the Bobby Sampson fresh take, though. That's why they're yeah. tuning in. Yeah, fair enough, brother. Fair enough. Thank you very much for that. Hey, you know what? Before we start anything, guys, like and subscribe. Uh, that little button down at the bottom there, just subscribe. It, it, it takes what? How many seconds, man, do you think it takes? About half a second? Both, yeah, I'd say About that. half a second. That's all I'm asking you for. You know, on top of the time that you take to listen to our show, half a second, man, just to click that button to subscribe. And if you're feeling really, really generous, hit the notification button too. That'd be awesome as well. Um, also, guys. Share, uh, share it with your friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. Share with your friends and family and uh, like and subscribe, like and subscribe, share with your family. Uh, find us on all social media platforms. Uh, again, and I stated this time and time again, go to our Instagram, samp underscore chance, and you will find a bio link tree there where you will get leads. It'll take you everywhere we are, basically. Yeah. Want to see us on the Facebook? You'll see us on the Facebook. Want to see us on the TikTok? which we've just kind of got going and uh, kind of having fun with it. Um, yeah, well, we're there too. Yeah, we're on all the social media platforms, so no excuse not to find us. Whatever your preferred social media platform choice is, we're there. Absolutely. All right, so let's get right into it. Hell in the Cell. Again, guys, we're just going to do a quick rundown. I'm sure most of you guys already know what happened, but uh, – we have to do our due diligence here. So the show starts off with the ladies kicking it off at the triple threat Raw Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch versus Asuka versus Bianca Belair, your champion. Um, I'm going to say this straight off the bat. Eh? Bianca, time and time again, just amazes me with her power. Hell of a worker, dude. Every time she gets out there. Yeah. I think she's the best women's wrestler in the world in my in my book. Wow. that That's... That's coming from Chance Michaels, ladies and gentlemen. Who would you have over her? Um, as far as women's division, and over worldwide. It's, yeah, sure. Anybody of anywhere. all women. Uh, to be fair, like I mean, Bianca's really strong and everything, but I still think she still has a lot to learn in terms of character, in terms of storytelling, and whatnot. She's come a long way. Don't get me wrong, mm. but you know her in-ring skill. I don't think her in-ring skill is as dominant as maybe say a Charlotte or a Sasha or, a, or, or even a Bailey. I put Bailey above her. Uh, so? in I think so. Just in terms of technique and skill set. Right. I mean, a lot of that's overshadowed in my opinion by her power, like her power displays are so big. That's what I mean. So it makes up for it. You don't know. Some of exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could throw Rhea Ripley into that mix as well with her power. She's got to be the strongest woman wrestler out there too, I'd, I'd say. Between the two of them, absolutely. They have to be the two of the strongest. I mean, Jade Cargill from AEW, she looks like a bit of a powerhouse herself. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, like uh, we'll, we'll touch on Rhea Ripley here in a little bit in terms Speaking of, of women's power. wrestling. I want to ask you, Les, whatever happened to Awesome Kong? Awesome Kong. Yeah. So basically, 
she was a tough girl. She was really tough. She basically went on. Why do I know these things? Um, she she went on to uh, she she came to the WWE. Yeah, she got pregnant. She left, and uh, there was never really an attempt to bring her back in any capacity or whatever. So she kind of left wrestling. Uh, the last thing that I saw her do was on Netflix in the Glow series. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So she she did some of the glow stuff. She was actually one of the ladies in the show itself. Um, Shava Guerrero was actually the set director for the wrestling scenes, which was kind of interesting considering cool. that she had a background in wrestling as well. I have no idea what glow is. What, is, what kind of show is that? I've never even heard of it. You've never heard of glow? No. Okay, so this is where I date myself by 10 years compared to you, my young friend. So Glow was a all-women's promotion back in the 80s. Okay. A legit promotion that ran out of Las Vegas, and it was basically a casting call. They called all these different models and athletes, females, to come in and try out for the show. Literally, it was... A, a, a you know created show like they they hand picked all the talent they didn't have like actual women's wrestlers there per se um all these women came from different genres of life some were former actresses some were models some were inspiring actresses and uh um ivory came from there that's where ivory got her break she started off as tina ferrari yeah, well, here you go. Here's I'm dropping some knowledge on Chance. Oh, the reason why I brought up Awesome Kong is I know how much you had, how much of a crush you had on her. So I figured I'd see if you knew what she was up to. Well, bro, I only had a crush on her after I saw you and her together out in the town, and I kind of got jealous by that, bro. So you know, I wanted to see you know what all the hype was, what 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 was driving Chance Michaels to uh, to 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 the Awesome Kong, you know. So I mean, that was the only reason I got interested. I mean, it was you who got me there, bro. <laughs> wow, she's a Tough woman. She's a big woman. I mean, she didn't have the most amazing skill set. Again, she was just another dominant woman. Powerhouse, right? She was a powerhouse. I mean, it's like saying this, okay? Andre wasn't a great wrestler, but his size and just the sheer Andre. Especially he, back in those you know, times, right? Exactly, right? So, I mean, you know, Hogan wasn't a great wrestler. No. Right? I mean, you want to look at great wrestlers of that era. They were all big boys, but the good, great wrestlers were all like the Ric Flair's, the T Magnum TAs, the Arn um, Anderson, yeah. the Arn Anderson, you know, um, Tully Blanchard's of the world were the Watch wrestlers. Watch yeah. exactly, right? But these big guys couldn't move like today's big guys. I'll say that much, right? No. I mean, you look at what, what Cesaro, I consider him a big guy just for sheer height and size and power. Yeah. But he could move. He could wrestle. Yeah. Right? It's funny so, you say that. The guys nowadays are definitely more athletic, but they can't talk. They don't got that coolness about them. Like Hogan, oh, to this day, still looks cool. Got the shades on. He's got the arms on. Like he's still, he's 60. What is he, 68? He's got to be, man. The size of those guys' arms, man, are massive. I saw a picture yeah, where uh, Jinder cool. Mahal recently took a picture with him in Florida. And the guy just looks monster still. Like for 68, good for you, brother. A lot of people don't know Hogan was originally like was six foot six, six seven. Now he's six four. He lost three inches because his spine shrunk from all those legs drops he did all over the years. But you know what? I think he's shorter than that because if you look, if you go online and look at that picture with him and Jinder Mahal, mm -hmm. Jinder looks taller than him. And what Jinder, Jinder, Jinder's about six two, six three, maybe. Yeah. Right. Hogan so Hogan, he shrunk a lot, man. He shrunk a lot. I mean. Considering the fact that the man always claimed the 24-inch pythons in every promo and whatnot, 
you'd figure his submission or his finishing move would be something to do with the 24-inch pythons. Well, he did a sleeper hold a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, his finishing move, like the leg drop of all moves. I know. Right? And if you think about it, who throws a leg drop anymore? Anywhere. I haven't seen one in years, man. <laughs> I never thought about that, yeah. Most useless move, most injury-ridden move in the history of professional wrestling, in my opinion, is the leg drop. Yeah. The dumbest move of all moves. Makes no sense. I guess people figured it the almighty Hulk Hogan did it. Nobody else can do it like that, I guess. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, the dude did it for 40 years. I think everyone realized after a double hip replacement surgery that, fuck it, we're not doing that move. Well, I mean, he's 6'7", <laughs> now he's like 6'3". Six, six, <laughs> Maybe 6'2", ah. tops. I can't see him being any more than that. But then again, I've not seen Hogan in person in a long time. Have you ever seen him live? No, I've seen him live. Yeah, WrestleMania 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to go. But as a kid? Yeah, I seen him as a kid, yeah, in uh, 88 at the uh, Coliseum, I think it was. Okay, okay. One of those house shows. It's mm-hmm. King Kong Bundy or something like that, or Big John Studd or something like that. I saw him at BC Place against John Studd. Yes, maybe that was, maybe it was BC Place. Maybe that yeah. was the one. Um, <laughs> pardon me. So back to Hell in the Cell. Uh, again, like I said, Bel Air is just so bloody strong. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll be honest, I'm you know, move for move, these guys did a great job. Uh, the chemistry yeah. between the three women were amazing. I do not know what be what uh, Sasha and Naomi are getting at. I mean, two two of the women that they were complaining about were in this match, and they looked amazing together. They just made a huge, huge mistake for their career. I'm glad WWE suspended them for doing that kind of thing, but that's a joke. Well, it's not the first time she's done that. I mean, I'm talking about Sasha, right? Yeah. And everyone's saying that Naomi was manipulated by Sasha to do this. That's a bunch of crap. I mean, that's crap. Yeah. She's connected to the biggest family in wrestling right now. Yes, the Usos. Right? The Usos and Roman, so to speak, right? So, I mean, in, in essence, you, you're not being manipulated by anybody. You're making no. your own decisions, right? Little children get Roman, manipulated. Roman, man. This is business. You made a bad business decision. Chance, little children are the only people who should get manipulated. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, okay, you know what, let me... No, I'm not going to retract that, but I, I will say that there are people in this world who get manipulated through other means, maybe blackmail or whatnot. And, you know, those are unfortunate yeah. situations. But for the most part, the only people who should get manipulated are our children. Yeah. Flying Reigns and Little Miss Miss. The only two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right? I hear you on that. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, Bel Air, she wins. She can Good she keeps her title. Pardon? Solid match, great opener. It was a really good match. No, it was a really good match, good energy. And, you know, I, I, I'll say this, the crowd at the All-State Arena in Chicago, they can always make a shitty show look good. Mm-hmm. I'll give that to Chicago. Every time they go to the All-State Arena, you know the crowd's going to be live. Yeah. Right? I've it's seen shows. Fantastic. Yeah, I've seen shows come out of there that were just complete garbage shows. Yeah. But they looked amazing because the crowd was so lit. Yeah, great fans there. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, like I say, great pace, great storytelling. Um, the facial expressions were great. I love the chemistry between all of them. Uh, she retains by pitting Asuka, which I guess is fair because you don't want to take any, you know, take anything off of Becky. And I don't think it hurts Asuka either. No. Um, so, yeah. So that was basically how we kind of get started here. Uh, then we go into a two-on-one handicap match with Omos and MVP versus Bobby Lashley. Um, 
basic match, man. Very straightforward. Yeah. You got you got basically everyone working each other over, usual. Finishing this one, you know, it shows you how much interest that I had in the match. Um, finish basically came when Cedric Alexander, the kind of lost soul, not, you know, who doesn't belong to anybody guy, um, tries to come and interfere in the match and uh, he gets caught by Omos. Yeah. Let me let me preference this. So before the match, Cedric comes up to Omos and MVP and MVP basically tells him, look, I've given you a few chances here. Every time you fail, you know, we don't need your help anymore. So I guess he decides to come out and help Bobby Lashley. In return, he ends up getting thrown out of the ring. That distracts Omos. Lashley hits the spear. Hurt lock on MVP. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Match over. I kind of hope they bring this feud to an end. It hasn't been that entertaining. I mean, it's been okay, but I don't know. I think it's time to wrap that feud up. Yeah, well, now we're going to start to see. I think we got the build coming up to SummerSlam and uh, Money in the Bank. So, you know, um, WrestleMania season, I know it's seven, eight months away, but still the reality is this is when the seeds start to get planted Yeah. Uh, for, for, for next March or next April. So, I think we're getting a restart now on everything. I think WrestleMania season is officially over with this pay-per-view. I think we see fresh new matches going forward. Uh, KO, Kevin Owens versus Exegio, a.k.a. Elias. Uh, this is another story that's been going on for a while, but I think Kevin Owens has done a really good job of his animated actions and his animated way of presenting it. It's been a lot of fun. I'll be honest. I guess this is a kid's angle, to be honest. Seems like I mean, it. It feels like it, right? This is the kid's angle that the kids are getting behind. Like, you know, I I remember when I was a little kid, like, do you remember the two Dave Hebners? Yep. Yeah, so very similar to that, you know, like, yeah. we get to school and, you know, that was, a, you know, like, oh my God, there were two Dave Hebners and, and whatnot, but same kind of thing here. Was he, no, no, it's Ezekiel. No, he's Elias. But hey, man, we all know the truth. Um, here's what I thought was really cool, man the flying knee that, that he threw at the beginning of the match and, you know, that beautiful elbow that he, he threw up afterwards uh, to get the match started. That's basically what's my name story. You know, that's yeah. the way I kind of look at it. You know, it's just kind of what's my name, you know, what's your name? You know, it, it was fun. KO gets the win, which I think was the right thing to do. You got to keep him strong. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets him with the stutter. Nice flying knee though, man. I, I keep coming yeah. back to that. It was yeah. kind of fun, you know, it was a typical match, but, you know, I don't think this is over yet, and uh, we'll get well, into that. They have a pretty hot feud, but I think they're going to go for another match at least. Well, this is the first time they actually had the match, right? I mean, there's been so much build up to it with the lie detector test, the tag team matches. How many times has he got to beat the uh, Alpha Academy? You know, yeah. so in, in all of it, this is this is the first match he's had with Owens. So, it was a good one. It wasn't bad at all. They did a good job. It was entertaining. No, I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun watching them do it. Um, Judgment Day versus AJ, Liv, and Finn. Judgment Day came out on top. Very simple. Uh, great storytelling here. You can see how these guys are buying into what Edge is selling here tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're selling it nicely, like uh, especially Rhea. I think she's doing an amazing job. She with looks this the part. She has always had that dark look. She's like a goth punk rocker kind of look, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. You watch, you look at her from the time she came in to what she's become now, that evolution of her character is next level. 
Um, and and I think she's probably being the biggest part of the Judgment Day that, you know, is it, giving it life and substance. Um, throughout this entire match, she basically stood in the way of, of Finn or AJ completing anything. Uh, the end kind of basically came when she stood in front of Finn as he was about to do the coup de, gras, coup de, coup de gras on on a fallen edge there, and she stood in the way, which caused a distraction. And uh, basically, you know, Finn Finn basically took the fall for that one, and that was uh, the end of that match. And I then can the, see Finn uh, joining up with them one day. Nah, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here, buddy. Yeah. Um, after the match, they beat the shit out of him. They just beat the shit out of him. Like, beat the yeah. life out of him. You know what I mean? And that was basically it. But basic number five, your man, Madcap Moss. The only match from SmackDown on this card. A very raw, heavy pay-per-view. Yeah, it was. I'm surprised they didn't put more SmackDown on there. Maybe they'll feature more SmackDown matches when uh, Money in the Bank rolls around next month. Well, you got Money in the Bank. See, I mean, you got... It'll be a mixed one, obviously. I think you're going to get about what? I don't know how many they're going to do. Six or seven? Or is, like it, or is it going to be eight to get four aside from either promotion? Hard to say. I'm not sure what they're going to do. Right. But you're definitely going to see a lot more SmackDown um, talent on there for sure. Well, I mean, Ronda needs to defend. She didn't defend at all. Uh, Roman didn't defend, but I don't think we're going to see him defend until... Actually, no, you know what? I think we'll see him at home in the cell. I you think he will. Roman Reigns, yeah. He, he'll probably defend it Hell in the Cell against Riddle, I'm guessing. This oh, you is mean where Money I'm... in the Bank, you mean? Money in the Bank, sorry. Pardon yeah. me. Yeah, that'd be, uh, good. that'd be a good little feud. Well, I think it's going to be that way, which will then lead to Orton challenging him at SummerSlam, which then will lead to Big D, Drew McIntyre, uh, challenging him at the show in Cardiff in Wales. In Speaking of that, they're saying, uh, you hear those rumors that uh, Bray Wyatt's going to come back at SummerSlam? It's only fitting. Well, let's see. I mean, if he comes back to the if he comes back to WWE, makes probably the most sense. Yeah. Right. We'll see what happens. Can be made up. Could be true. We'll see. No, for sure. Uh Madcap beat the shit out of him. He yeah. basically did to him what he did to him. Uh smashing his neck and uh in the chair and whatnot. So revenge is sweet. Uh Madcap had new gear. He lost his suspenders. He's wearing black trunks now. So I like that. I like yeah. that. Evolution yeah. of his character, yeah. And that that goofy gear is okay when he's doing that silly stuff with Happy Corbin, but now they're not doing that. Change the gear up and get. I like it. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just kind of curious to what direction they go with him now. That part I'm not sure about. He looks like a million bucks. So I don't know if you're gonna. Well, you got deal. you got money in the bank, so I mean, he potentially should fit into that as one of the guys going into that match. Um, Hope so. But I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. We're, we've only started the road to Money in the Bank. So, yeah. Theory versus Ali uh, for the United States title. Yeah. Uh, Theory wins with a pin. Let's just leave it. Let's put a pin in. Well, that. I'll say one thing. The crowd is behind the hometown boy Ali, though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I loved his gear, too. Uh, he, I almost started to see him punk a few times when I looked at his trunks uh, just because he had that Chicago, the Chicago state flag on his, uh, on his trouser, on his tights. Yeah. And Punk usually kind of has that on the back of his trunks. So I kind of thought yeah. of that. Um, Ali looked good. Theory looked good. Uh, good back and forth. Basic standard match. Um, I think it was just kind of a filler bathroom break match. And I hate to say that, but 
just leading up to the main event here, which was the only Hell in the Cell on this card. And I like that. I really do. In the past, they've done a couple Hell in the Cells in the same show. Um, I think there should only ever be just one Hell in the Cell match on the pay-per-view. There shouldn't be The only downfall to this one was they didn't use the cage at all. Nobody went to the cage once, did they? Uh, through the cage? Even hit the cage. Did anybody, I don't even think he even got thrown into the cage. No, they had to play this. I don't blame really him because cautious. of his injury, but so it wasn't yeah. the prop. They didn't actually use the cell, it's the prop. Well, there was a lot that they wanted to do. So let's just get into it right here with this one. Uh, basically, Cody tore the muscle off his pectoral muscle completely while training a few days earlier. So he wasn't injured on the Saturday night before at, in a match or anything. This actually happened a few days beforehand when he was training at home or in his gym or wherever he was. Um, you're the fitness guy of us too. How do you how, how do you manage to tear that? I think he's training too heavy. He's lifting too heavy. Okay, so explain that. Help me understand. Help help us understand how that works. What 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 would what could he have been doing? You've been doing a heavy lift. I don't know what he was doing when he did it. A dumbbells bench, but if you pull too much and it's too heavy and just your body wears out, strain, strain. He might have already been bugging him previously. One heavy pull, it pulls. Just like when I was squatting about a month ago, my lower back has been bugging me, bugging me. Went up for a squat, felt this pull on my back. Fucking back was throbbing for a couple of days. I knew it was there and I still train anyways. That could be too. Might have been bugging him and then. You pull something too heavy, this pulls a freak accident. Do you find that if you feel a strain or something, that sometimes, you know, even though you might know better against it, that you still keep training, thinking you can just work it out? Yep, I did it last month, and I was back with sore as fuck for a couple of days. I, I didn't. Woke, I woke up at three in the morning, and I had to take one of my clients that I work with to the Seven Eleven to get Advil because my back was just throbbing. Oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, I think something like that bugging him, lingering a little bit. And like you just said, you still train anyways. You feel good. He wants to look good for Hell in the Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So this match, um, Seth versus Cody. So Seth comes out. He's wearing his robe, takes off the robe. Love it. And he unveils the yellow polka dot trunks of Dusty's that he's wearing. Well, I mean, Love he's wearing the tights, the long tights, but... He had the dusty, the dusty colors on. Brilliant. Brilliant. Right? Love it. That, that's really cool. Uh, I love the fact that Seth is always in different ring gear. There's nothing, you know, kind of locking him into that whole shield thing anymore. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool to see. Uh, Cody comes out. He's got his jacket on and everything. So you don't really know what's going on yet until he takes that off. And the unveiling of that wasn't real. I mean, that in itself was you know, a part of the match. Um, at that point, you think, wow, these guys do a great makeup job or this mm -hmm. guy's just fucking insane. So it proved out that he is insane because that makeup, if they did a makeup job on him, it looked amazing. It didn't even smudge. Yeah. If you look um, at a picture from when Triple H had the same injuries. Same thing, yeah. yeah so, I mean, so, it might have a little bit, but not much. That's legit. That was legit. That was legit. And the fact that he worked with that, like, I mean, the pain that he must have been feeling. Oh. Like, if, if it's completely torn off the bone, do you even feel anything anymore? Or, or... No, man. He must Is have it been completely numb? I don't know. Yeah, I've never... They must have gave him a, maybe gave him a shot or something so he didn't feel Cortisone? it. Cortisone? Yeah. Okay. But, well, man, if he didn't go out there and do that, he could have easily said, I can't go, and he could have put somebody else out there. But hats off to him for... Uh, 
doing that because that takes a lot of balls and he earned a lot of stripes and he earned a lot of people's respect to always call him mid-card roads and he's nothing like his dad and man he's on his way up keeps doing stuff like that you know well you know what i like i said i think we saw the evolution of the cody Rhodes character grow leaps and bounds um within that oh. match alone oh, yeah. um I think I think he accomplished more in terms of his own brand, in terms of his own legacy, uh, in terms of what he's accomplished more than he ever has in any other promotion, and that's including AEW. I think. Oh yeah, he's a bigger star now than he was there. Yeah, absolutely. If he were to go back to AEW now, he'd be even bigger. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that, but you never. No, you never no, I'll probably not. Yeah, right? I mean. But but that just insane. Um, and a lot of respect goes to Seth Rollins here. I think he's the forgotten guy in all of this. I mean, he had to work with him, he had to keep him safe, right? So a lot of respect to Seth for you know being a part of this as well. Like, I mean, both guys had to, you know, it takes two hands to clap, right? Yeah, you need your dance partner. And uh Seth proved to be an amazing dance partner for this as well. I like how they called the bull rope too as a tribute to, to Dusty. Yeah, no, 100%, right? These guys basically went back and forth and, you know, they they tried to do the best that they possibly could with the limited movement that he had. Like, there was a lot of high spots that were removed from here. Um, my understanding was that, you know, there was a moonsault spot that he couldn't do, obviously. Um, I, I believe there was other talk that they would get to the top of the cage or something. You know, there, there was some stuff planned, but unfortunately, just with the injury, they couldn't do it. But I think even considering all that. Yeah, but here's really fun. So they can't do all the things that they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But have you ever heard of a bull, of what's it called, a bull rope match within the Hell in the Cell? First time ever. And that's what happened here, man. So basically, Cody finds the big rope with the straps attached to it under the ring, he puts it on, throws it over to Seth, and now you got an impromptu bull rope match within the Hell in the Cell. So I mean, just little things like that, little gimmicks that they added took, a, you know, made it even yeah. better. Very cool. Um, basically, I don't like. Oh, like so one thing, I don't like how Rhodes has beat Rollins three times in a row. I know they're trying to get bring Rhodes up and probably set him up for a main event at WrestleMania, but to beat Seth three times. Well, I think Seth should have one win out of that. I think Seth should have had the middle one. Okay. The 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 backlash one should have gone to Seth. Even if he had cheated or whatever the case may be, he should have taken that match. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that completely. But you know what? I, I think it all kind of works out in its own way here now. Um, three crossroads and a sledgehammer shot is what it took to finish him off. Yeah, uh, you know, the, so so the tribute to Triple H was evident throughout this match. Um, Cody Rhodes says the greatest wrestler of all time, so he's got nothing but love for Triple H. No, it's his favorite guy, man. He yeah. grew up that he that was his favorite wrestler, my favorite wrestler growing up. You know, um, so that that was basically Hell in the Cell. That that was the card. Uh, overall, I thought it was really fun. I think I think it was just, it moved just right. I didn't feel bored. Yeah, it was enjoyable. It was good. I mean, considering what it was, considering, you know, everything surrounding it and whatnot, a decent show, man. I, yeah. you know, I, I won't, I won't say, wow, it blew my mind. I'm going to go back and watch it again and again. It's not that show, mm. but it was a good show. 
So yeah, yeah. And you know what what Cody pulled off, like I said, is not many guys can do that. Not many guys would do that. No, they would have sat out and said, I can't wrestle. Which you couldn't blame him if he didn't do the match because that is a legit injury. But that he fact that he did that, man. Well, I think yeah. he when he realized that the bone, you know, the, the, the muscle being completely removed. And, you know, no matter what, there's no more damage you can do to it. Yeah. Then he said, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. You know? Amazing. How long is he going to be out for now? Does anybody know? Well, if he's like Mr. John Cena, he should be probably back within two weeks. He ain't no John but, Cena. No, no, no. So this guy, I, I think we're looking at a Royal Rumble, maybe Royal Rumble. You think that long? It's about six to eight months, man. It's it's huge. Like I mean, he tore he was right saying, off. What he's saying four weeks, he's back. I think I think he's just feeding it that way, you know. Like he he referenced it. So hey, why don't we just get into it then? So on Raw the next night, Cody comes out. He starts to show by thanking everybody and whatnot, and he starts talking about how or uh, money in the bank and says, you know, by any chance, you know. What what are the possibilities that I could walk up that ladder and just take take the briefcase, right? Yeah, he's hinting at it, but the reality of it is, I don't think he he's going in for surgery tomorrow, which would okay. be Wednesday. And from that point, depending how badly damaged it is, I mean, yeah, they say you can't do any more damage, but if you put yourself through a grueling match with bumps and things like that, and you do it again on the Monday night, which we'll we'll talk about here in a second. Of course, it's going to be a lot more mush than anything else, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm guesstimating at least six months. At least. That is now, smart thing. I'm sure it'll come back a little bit earlier, but yeah, maybe it's a virus series. I don't know. We'll, see. well, I don't know. It all depends on what it looks like, how it heals up, and you know how deep it is. You won't, unfortunately, CT scans, X-rays, you can do all that great stuff, but until you actually cut and go in and actually see it, you don't know. Yeah, well, fair play. Right, you know, so so it's just it, it could be anything. It could be minor. It could be huge. It could be six months. Who knows? It all depends on on what level he wants to come back at. What's he? What's his main goal? Like, yeah. what six months in terms of four to the the next four to five years? Exactly. Yeah. Is this he's a short pretty, run? Be careful. Well, he's got to be careful, but it also sucks, man. Because, like I said, he's vaulted himself into another stratosphere yes. uh, of fandom and just overall legacy. So to, to kind of lose that momentum kind of sucks a little bit as well. But I say, could... Would you say Cody's a late bloomer? Was he 36 and he's just becoming a big star now? Well, no, I think he was already a star, but I think he just propelled himself further. I mean, to the next level. He was never like, he's never been an A-plus guy. You know what I mean? He's always just kind yeah. of been around. I, I, I put him in the A, a group. Maybe yeah. not the A plus, but he no. has elevated himself there now. He truly has. Yes. You know, as a prediction for 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 Money in the Bank, you know, you could have all the guys fighting, and he just comes out quietly when no one's looking and takes a briefcase. Yeah. And he keeps him relevant. I don't know. I don't know. I think but, with, if Cody can keep this up, doing what he's been doing, then yeah, he might get to that A plus level finally. They might almost be four years old, but he's he's almost he's so close to getting there. You can see it. He's on the way. He's having a hell of a run right now. He is, and you know this injury just kind of comes out of nowhere and hurts him. Yeah. So he he cuts his promo, and um, you know Seth comes out and he congratulates him. He shakes his hand. He says, "I still don't like you," 
but what you did last night was amazing. Gave him his props. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, all right. He's leaving the company. So you need another, you need another face. I, I'm thinking as I'm watching this, right? I think the biggest problem they've had in the last year, if not two years, in my opinion, is the fact that they cannot make a face to save their life. Heels are easy for them. Mm-hmm. But having an A-plus face, you know, it's eluded them. They tried it with Drew. They tried it with, uh, you know, it's unfair for Drew because he, he was the pandemic guy, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I wish they'd given him an opportunity when WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania uh, in Tampa there, uh, where they actually had fans and everything, you know. I, yeah. I wish he didn't lose it to Bobby. He should have gotten a chance with the audience. But you know what? We'll see. We'll see where they go with him. But right now they're they're missing they're missing a face there. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is something that you know Seth is doing and a gradual face turn or something. Yeah, uh, maybe we're gonna see Brock come back for SummerSlam or something. Possibly. Who knows, man? I mean, they've had to rewrite a lot of stuff now, obviously, because of this. But here's what we got instead. Instead of becoming a heel, Seth elevated himself to even more of a heel a super heel an yeah. a plus heel um as as cody was walking back and seth had already left right you know he attacked yeah. him from behind with the sledgehammer and just beat the shit out of him again so yeah. i guess you're trying to write him off the show but i mean they were making it sound like it was such a horrible thing that he did that even Corey graves who's the heel commentator was upset by what he did too yeah that's true which just elevates it. I mean, if you think about the psychology of it, oh my God, the heel commentator even angry about what the heel did. Yeah. That makes him a real bad guy. Absolutely. Yeah, they did. It was well played. Well done. Yeah. So Dana versus Becky was the first match of the night. I uh, just started it out as a regular match. I'm thinking, okay, squash, whatever, right? You know, I haven't seen Becky really do anything outside of the championship uh, picture. So this was kind of cool to see where yeah. she goes next. Um all of a sudden, the 24-7 crew come out and surround the ring. Tozawa, the current champion, hops in the ring, and Dana pins him mid-match with Becky. Becky's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it legit. It was funny. It was so yeah. funny. Yeah, and was- um, they turn it into a 24-7 match uh, for the title, Becky versus uh, Dana Brooke. I'm thinking, wow, from women's championship to 24-7 champion. Okay, here we go. But uh, now we know what direction Becky's going into because Oscar came out and interfered in the match and cost her the win. So the story between Oscar and Becky is still going on. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe another match, money in the bank here. Yeah, yeah. Miss comes out to do Miss TV with Maurice as they come to promote season three of Miss and Mrs. Uh, I still never watched that. You ever watched that? You know, I watched it. Uh, yeah, I've watched it. I'll be honest. I want to watch it. I like Miz. I just haven't had a chance, but I need to check it out. Yeah, it's. I, I believe it's on the network. The first two seasons are. Okay. And uh, wherever you stream your your regular TV shows, you'll find it there. Not bad. I mean, it's your typical uh, reality kind of type show. You you yeah. you know you have his her mom, his dad, his parents, I guess, um, the kids, and him. And, you know, guys like Dolph Ziggler kind of pop by and this or that. And, you know, it's just kind of, it is what it is. It's a yeah. good laugh. It's funny. Yeah, I'll check it out. If you have a half an hour to waste, perfect. You got yeah. it right there, man. I like the Miz, so I don't mind checking it out. Yeah, so Riddle comes out and interrupts their thing. 
challenges the Miz to a match, and, which Maurice accepts for him. And Riddle beats him. And that was it. And uh, the chance of little balls. And, like, they really made fun of his nuts, man. Yeah. His promo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of funny. Even even Maurice got into it. You know, like, he's got he, he's got average balls. And the Miz was like, what are you talking about? King Kong balls, gigantic balls. Like, that was kind of funny. It, it was a good comedy yeah, bit. A little bit. A little bit of attitude error for a little bit, almost. Like That's I said, funny. I wish they could do, like, TNA and drop, you know, the S-bombs and stuff like that. I think it would just be so much more fun. It'd never be that way again. Not with all the advertisers and public company anymore. Than no, no, for that. sure. For sure. I mean, it's a long time ago. Street Profits defeated the Usos via countout for a future championship match. Um, these guys worked really well together. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Awesome. I think they're the best tag team in WWE. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not a big fan of the Usos. Yeah, I, no, Street Profits are fun, man. You got It's legit modern day power. You know, it, it's kind of like Brett and Night, Brett and Nightheart. You know, Brett, yeah, Brett had all Brett, Brett had all the aerial and, and you know the, the quickness and whatnot, which uh which 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 um what's his name? Uh Ooh. what's that guy's name? The the skinnier one of the street prophets. Um Montez? Montez Ford, thank you. You know, he kind of reminds me of the bread of that team in terms of you know the high flying, um just just his quickness and whatnot. And his partner, he's just, you know, he's quick too. Don't get me wrong. He's quicker yeah. than Nightheart ever, ever would have been. But he's he's pure power. Yeah. I don't understand the Usos. I don't get their appeal. I don't care for their gimmick. I don't care for their in-ring work. I, too many super kicks they do in all the time. It's just, I don't like the Usos. I don't think they're that great. This is my yeah, opinion. Fair enough, man. I mean, I think, you know, go back and watch that Hell in the Cell with them and the New Day. Yeah, they've had some good matches over the time. But when I look at those guys, like, it just... Well, maybe they need to change Regular up some Joe's. of their like average shows to me. Like nothing stands out to me. They don't. I don't even do that yeah. great in the mic. Their looks doesn't. Maybe do maybe they need to change some of their uh, move setup. That nah, just their gear, their gimmick. It's, they don't like it. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Veermon versus Dominic Mysterio. Veermon wins this match via DQ and races. Enough's enough, and he doesn't want to see Sun get the shake out of him anymore. Man versus boy. Man versus boy. Very simple. I like Ron, what he's doing so far. They're trying to make him like a monster, scary guy, tough guy. So far, it's so good. It's not for us. No. It has nothing to do with this market. I mean, they're, they're promoting him and they're building him for the India market. And like I told you Art. before, man, it totally makes sense. Like, if you oh, don't yeah. know these things, we'll tell you these things. 56 million people watched WrestleMania in India. Exactly. Okay, we're we're in Canada. That's double our population almost. Yeah, it's insane how many people watching in India, dude. Right. So this whole Veer Mon thing, people here are laughing about it and whatnot. Like, oh, you know, how, how many months are they going to keep announcing his debut and what have you? But it wasn't for us. It was never for this market. Hundred percent nailed it, man. You're hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Right. And and I want the fans to know, and our fans and listeners to know that everything that we see remember it's not all catered towards the north american audience we seem to think it is we're so spoiled here with all the stuff we get no 100 percent. like gunther that that whole german the german uh, faction they have over in smackdown not for us yes it's for that market 
Yes. When they Europe. go on the when they go on these European tours and stuff, this is what their kids are wanting to see. They want to see Gunther. Kids in India want to see Beer Mon. They want oh, yeah. to see Jinder Mahal. They want to see Shanky. We laugh at Shanky dancing on SmackDown, but shit, he's he's selling his brand over there, man. Like, I mean, yeah. why why would you cater to your? Why would you care what three million people in North America think? Hundred percent, dude. And that's the thing is. WWE is a global brand. They're everywhere. Europe, India, Japan. Name a country. You can watch WWE there. No, for sure. They're everywhere, man. Um, you ready? Yep. Finn. So the Judgment Day comes out. And uh, Damian Priest talks about how they've evolved and how they've taken steps. And then Rhea Ripley talks about the same thing. And then Edge, which is really interesting. If you think about it, I don't know if he caught this or not. He starts off his promo with, okay, guys, the adult in the room is now talking. Yeah, that was good. Right? Now, the thinking part of my brain when it comes to wrestling is like, oh, this is interesting. Like, he just put himself above his own team. You know what I mean? With that kind of a comment. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's just, it's where it goes. So he goes, we have the newest member of the Judgment Day. And guess what? Like you said, man, like you were thinking, it was Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. So Finn comes out and he talks about that he's tired of, of constantly losing and not having any success. And this is what he needs to do. So all four of them are all standing together. And Damien basically says that, you know, we were basically shedding everything that we don't need that's weighing us down and we have one last thing to shed now i'm thinking they're all going to beat the shit out of finn again and this is the genius of edge in my opinion they turn on him they beat the shit out of edge yeah concerto shot everything crew de gras you know what this reminded me of what's that when aj styles came or was it the other way around no, no, it's AJ Styles. The same thing happened to AJ too. So when AJ came to New Japan and he joined the Bullet Club. No, I never I, watched New Japan. Okay. At that time, Finn Balor, who was known as Prince Divot, okay. he was the current leader of the Bullet Club. In fact, he's probably the original guy from the Bullet Club. Okay. Finn had already signed with the WWE. So to get him off in of New Japan and whatnot, they beat him up to get him out. Very similar to what they did to Edge last night. I'm, Edge isn't, like I was saying to you before in a couple of our older podcasts, that Edge doesn't really need to be an active member, that he kind of got the ball rolling with it. And now I'm, I'm kind of glad they did this. Finn's younger, he needs that push. Edge yeah. Need, need well, I, I think the thinking behind this, and tell me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, with Cody going out, you have no faces. Yeah, that could be too. Right? So you need someone from a face standpoint that it's a, has a credible name. He does. And uh, you, you basically turned him a face overnight where you turned Seth into a super villain. You know, you turned this guy back to a face. But, it, you know, it just, and it came out of nowhere. I, that's the most shocking part of it. It's just, it was, that was one thing I did not expect. I I like so, it. You know, I was a fan at that point. At that time, I was a legit fan because, you know. That's what makes wrestling beautiful when they do things like that. Well, I'm just glad the internet didn't get a hold of it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't 
exactly. So to 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 hold it back to to, and I think it was probably a decision made in the morning once they realized you know what Cody's situation was. Yeah. Um, but back to that whole face thing. If you think about it, they really need to make some faces, man, because they look all their top faces are in their forties. Um. AJ. Yeah. Edge, I guess. Uh, who else? Bobby Lashley. Lashley. Right. Uh, I mean, it was just like AEW. All their all their top guys in their face too. Yeah, exactly. Right. And speaking of AEW, before you know, anyways, that was raw. That was basically raw in a nutshell. Uh, Rhea Ripley did win. Sorry, a fatal four way match to compete against um, to compete against Bianca in the uh, for for a title shot. Sorry, man, I lost my train of thought here. Uh, to 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 train. Sorry. Okay, let's start that again. So Rhea Ripley won a fatal four way match to go up against Bianca Belair at Money in the Bank. Now, this is going to be a fun match because, like we were talking about, I think those are the two strongest women right now going. I agree with that. I think he's going to have a lot of fun with this match. Um, So that was basically raw. Uh, But the thought I wanted to get across, MJF angle, what do you think of it? Uh, It's all right. It just seems too... Like, I know they're trying to sell it, could this give me real or not, but it almost seems too contrived, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, this promo was good, but, I mean, he's under contract for a couple of years. He's not going anywhere. So, I oh, mean, no, it's a complete work. Uh, I mean, more and more keeps coming out on it. All of it's a work. Obviously, it's a work. Yeah. First thing I thought about, and I mean, I, I listen to my podcast and I read my dirt sheets and I read articles, you know. The woman, I have not seen anyone really say, and if they have, I haven't heard it. Doesn't this remind you of Austin and McMahon in a way? The way they're doing MJF and Tony Khan. The set, the thing is, Tony Khan is like, he's just like a, a nerdy looking dude. So he'll never be able to be that cool, badass like Vinny Mac. He just looks like a Star Trek guy. You know what I mean? No, I get Tony it. Star Trek fans, but. Yeah, no, well, I'm a Star Trek kinda, fan. So. Yeah, she kind of has that similar vibe like Austin McMahon. Maybe that's where they're going with it. But I'm looking at AW as a whole. Like, if you look at, and it just started kind of making more and more sense to me after I had that thought. You know, I started watching some other things now. The Hardy's music sounds like the Hardy's music from WWE. Yeah. Uh, Adam Cole's music, Red Dragon's music sound like their WWE music. Samoa Joe's music sounds like Samoa Joe's music from WWE. No, it's slightly, slightly different, but heavy tuba. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know, man. I almost feel like they're trying to copy a lot of stories now. You know, they're running out of ideas, maybe. MJF threw the pipe bomb, made famous by CM Punk in WWE. Yeah. Now you got the owner fighting with this guy. But the funny thing is, everyone's cheering MJF now. I know. They love it. He's a great talker. Hell of a talker. He's young. He's only 26. He had a hell of a future ahead of him. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Um, we'll that's basically it. it, man. Ric Flair says that he's going to take a big bump in his final will. match. The he's man take, wants to die in the ring, I think. Uh, he'll be okay. He's, you can see the videos. He's taking that, that. He's being thrown around on his back. He'll take a big bump off the top rope, that famous pick him and throw him down that he does off the top rope. He'll do it. You're not concerned? 
No, he's fine, man. Because I was watching him train. He was getting hip tossed and thrown around, landing on his back. He'll be fine. One bump. It'll sting. It'll feel it. But that guy loves wrestling. Lives it 24-7. He wants to go out there, get the limelight again. I'm all for it. If he thinks he can do it, somebody wants to book him, go for it. Well, I guess if the people closest to him are okay with it, who am I to be against oh, it, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't want him to get hurt. And he's I, not going to get hurt. All he's going to do, dude, is punch and kick and chop. He'll take that backdrop and he'll take the throw off the top rope and that'll be it. It's more just for styling and profiling that. He wants people cheering for him. He's the man. I love it. I have no problem with it. He thinks he can do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, if I could watch the show, I'd pay to watch it. If he gives me that Vancouver, I'd pay a hundred bucks to go see it. But I mean, it's Ric Flair. I'd go too. But I mean, I, I like I'd pay a hundred bucks to watch Wayne Gretzky skate around. The guys that he knows, people still love him. Would you pay hundred bucks to see Gretzky skate around? Oh hell yeah! If really? He did like, if he did one of those old timer games. Yeah, I'd pay that. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate that. Did you ever see Gretzky play live? Yeah, I seen him. Yeah, seen him come, seen him twice. Came Vancouver. I think that was the beauty of of having guys like Gretzky and Connor so close to us that we actually get to see them mm-hmm. on a on a consistent basis. Yeah, I think I've seen Connor four or five times, something like that. Wow. Uh, I, so um, I I don't know if I wanted to talk about this or not, or how do you feel a day or two removed now? Colorado deserves it, man. They outplayed them. That's their good team. They're gonna win the cup, I think, man. I think we're going to see Colorado, Tampa Bay. I think it's Colorado's time. Everything's going their way. They got all the talent. Codry's out for the rest of the playoffs. That uh, cheap shot that uh, Vander Kane game when he cross-checked him from behind, he went to the boards. So you're Oilers fan, and you you agree that was a cheap shot? Well, I mean, Vander Kane saying he fell, he embellished it on a skate. But I don't know, man. He was coming pretty fast. You can't cross-check from the back. I mean... Okay, at that level, like you always say, when you're playing at that level, mm. you know about speed and you know you where know. your stopping ranges are and, and you know what you need to do in order to make it a safe hit. Yeah. That tells me that he did it. Maybe he didn't do it intentionally, but he didn't really try very hard to stop it either. No, Evander Kane's known for dirty plays. He does that. I get what he was trying to do. He's trying to play on the edge, hit guys, push them, give a little grit to the team. Hey, guys, get, let's get going here, right? I get what he was doing. He does, just, that, does that hurt Kane getting a contract next year, you think? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He led the team in goals. He played his heart out. He's done so much stupid things. No, no, but, but that it, one stupid act, do you think that erased everything good that he's done since he's come to the Oilers? No, because McDavid loves him. The teammate team loves him. Coach loves him. Okay. He's got a lot of baggage, but this time, besides that play, you didn't hear anything negative on him. He wasn't beating up women anymore he wasn't doing any of that stupid stuff that he does he he played his part out man i think he's, we should bring him back for at least a year okay fair enough, of, fair enough i read an article today where Deborah Mike Michael, Smith, man, he looks like a beer league goalie i love the guy's personality but he, he never made one big save he shots were going in we were winning four two yesterday next thing you know it's five four for them stop the damn puck man make a big save i don't Just, know bro like i like i said i think i texted this to you yesterday i mean yeah this goaltending issue has been, it's five years and going. I know. Like and all the money, all, all the draft. Jay Woodcroft, you sit, Mike Smith, I sit his ass down after the first three games. Why does he, even the second game, like he should have said, hey, you're sitting down, dude. I don't care. He is a cool guy. Fans love him, the long hair, and he's a fun guy, but you're not stopping the puck. This is the pros. This is not beer league hockey, dude. Yeah. Where do you go from oh, here? 
don't get me wrong, but like he didn't make one big save. Like, oh my god, he made the save to keep his team in the game. He did nothing. Like, I think that when Markstrom was available, they should have signed him. I, I personally feel, regardless of how that series went against Calgary, mm-hmm. um, if you had Markstrom in it, I almost and with with that offense and everything you have in front of you, yeah, they they would have maybe not gone to the final, but I I still think they'd be playing right now. At least win a game or two, something. Where do you go from here? Who's available? Uh, get, get a get a couple more defensemen, a little more solid, and then get another goalie, even an average goalie. Where though? Who's available? <laughs> so I get some journeyman, get a couple younger guys, put them together, and get a get an average goalie, yeah, even average. Because Smith can be a backup, but he's no, he's not a starter. Because as it no stands way. right now, your backup is actually leaving for the KHL. Yeah, he's gone. Right, so he's gone. So you basically got Mike Smith. Who do you have in the cupboard? Anyone? Nobody. We'll bring in another number one goalie in Smith. You want to stay here, you're the backup or get lost. He's going to be 41. Like, you know what I mean? He's a cool guy, but like, he can't win you that big game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you get the Stanley Cup, you need your goalie to stand on their head. So, Oilers will be a top three or four favorite next year. If they make it to the Stanley Cup, I'm not saying they will, but they'll be the, in the betting favorites, at least top three or four, right? Why? Well, I, I, I think that would only happen if they show some improvement in goaltending. Yeah, Smith won't be the starter next year. There's no way. And I really don't know who's available. They'll get trade for something. I don't know. They'll find a way. Get a free agent. I'm not sure the free agent. All right. Are. As an Oils, as an oil fan, who are you willing to give up off that roster for a keeper? Well, it depends on the quality of the keeper. But you know, you can get rid of maybe a Nugent Hopkins, who's a good player. You gotta get. You gotta give up something to get something, right? Obviously, you gotta keep McDavid and Drysaddle. Well, Kane, Kane might be a good trade bait, too, based yeah, on his so performance in the playoffs. Brown, though. Yeah, so but much. that playoff performance, man, I mean, he proved himself. I mean, uh, how many guys have amazing regular seasons but shit the bed in the playoffs? I mean, this guy goes the other way. Well, he petered in the next level. I think he realized I screwed up so much. This is my last stop. I got the best player in the world here. Let's go, boys. And yeah, hell, yeah. it, man. Love it. Love him for that. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right, brother man. Well, listen, let's wrap it up here. Let's call yeah. it a day. Uh, guys, I will be announcing something really, really cool. So check out Instagram and TikTok for, for that announcement. Um, I'm not even telling Chance Michaels. I want him to be surprised too. Be so, you know, on that note, I will say thank you to everyone for, for taking out the time to listening to us and, uh, you know, taking in our, our thoughts and our ideas. And if you guys have any suggestions or comments in regards to anything we talked about here today, please leave a comment. You know, I keep saying it. I'm still waiting for someone to leave one. Eventually someone will listen to us. Uh, what do you got, Chance? It was a good show. We've got another good one coming tomorrow and uh, more good shows to come, more good guests, more surprises. Stay tuned. Yeah, no, absolutely, guys. 100%. So, on behalf of myself, Mr. Bobby Sampson, I give you Mr. Chance Michaels. In the words of the great ACDC, those who download, subscribe, like, and share the podcast, we salute you. All right. I've always wanted to ask you this. Did ACDC actually say that? Or? Oh, yeah. You haven't heard that song? <laughs> no, no. But if you download our podcast and stuff. Well, I added that part. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. For those about rock, we salute you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. I, I've always wanted to throw that at. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, in the words of Ed Whalen, uh, in between time and in the meantime, that's it. And this is the part I'm adding for Sam and Chance. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe. Uh, happy rest of the week. 
and we will be in touch with you guys very soon. Good night. Thank you.